Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Deidre mournfully put it, today's the last day of this series. This has been a fun series. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Again, if this is your first time with us, we have been uh, going through a series of sermons around that come out of a book called Win the Day by Mark Batterson. It's a great book. We didn't even skim, we didn't even touch the surface of what uh, is really in that book, and we've encouraged you to buy that if you're interested in it. We've been looking at these habits and how these habits flow out of Scripture. And so today we'll have one more. Uh, as we close this series and move into our next series, which I'm really excited about. And, uh, and so let's open our Bibles, however you get those, whether it's in book form or a smartphone or a smart device. Go ahead and open that up to 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to begin at verse 42. 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning at verse 42. Let's hear the word of the Lord. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab, tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. Well, as I said, we're finishing up this uh, series and we have one more habit. And they've all been strange. I don't know if anybody took me up on my idea of, uh, you know, these, these things, um, you know, flip the script, eat the frog, uh, wind the clock, fly the kite. I mean, they all have interesting names. They just sound like something should be a TikTok move. I don't know. Uh, some of you that are younger, maybe try that out. Let me know. You know, paste me in on that or however you do that. And I'd, I'd love to see what you come up with. But today is Seed the Clouds. That's right. Seed the Clouds. And Mark Batterson tells us a story about this man, Francis Schaefer. Now, he looks like a mad scientist. He's really not. Uh, although he was a scientist. Interestingly enough, he never even finished high school, but went on working for GE and just loved the idea of learning. And he just went on and wound up having 20 different things patented. And one of the things he's most famously noted for was learning that you could seed clouds. That uh, he Here he is looking in at some of these things, that if you released dry ice particles into a cloud... You could cause it, he did it in November, so it caused snow. I'm sorry I had to say that word this early in, uh, in the year. 
But uh, he seeded the clouds. They flew into a giant cloud, and they dropped out of the plane particles of dry ice. And sure enough, snow began to fall. As it blossomed, it mushroomed the moisture that was there and caused the weight of that to fall. Everything they needed for snow or precipitation was there, but they seeded the clouds. They added just a little bit more that caused the desired effect, which was to see if we could make it rain or make it snow. This began to happen, and Vincent Schaefer was a part of that. And Mark Batterson begins to talk about that as we begin to look towards winning the day, towards accomplishing those goals, or accomplishing that growth that God is calling us to. He says, we have everything we need, but if you want to win the day, if you want to grow, you can't just wish upon a star. You can't just sit around and think your way into growth or think your way into accomplishing whatever it is that God is calling you to. Now, our passage that we read today is really the end of a pretty impressive story. If you have not read 1 Kings 18, I highly recommend it. We're not going to get into all of it, but I want you to hear the background of the story as it will help make sense of this seed the clouds and and this this habit that we're seeing today. What is going on the rest of the story? How many of you remember Paul Harvey? Remember that? Yeah. I grew up listening to him. It was always fun. The rest of the story. He just had interesting takes on the news and would kind of give the full details of one story. And he had kind of an an interesting, quirky way of, of delivering the news. So today, we'll, in Paul Harvey's honor, we will hear the rest of the story. And uh, what we have here is Israel once again, although Yahweh was their God and he was the God who delivered them from Egypt, he was the God who rescued them from slavery and brought them through the wilderness and into a land as they had been there once again. As we enter this story, we see that they have turned away from Yahweh, their God, and their new queen, Jezebel has brought in the worship of one of the Canaanite or Phoenician deities, Baal or Baal. And this god was seen to be one who controlled the rains and controlled when the rains would fall. And so God said to Elijah, go and let my people know that if they're choosing to worship the god who makes it rain, I'm going to make it not rain. Just to show who it is that controls the rains and the winds and the storms. And for seven years, it does not rain. That's pretty dry. And so... Elijah then, because he made this proclamation, is is a wanted man. In fact, part of the story, when he finally meets King Ahab, Ahab calls him, you troubler of Israel. But Elijah says, let's go up on the mountain. And the time has come. The time has come for a contest. And he begins, he gathers them all, he tells Ahab, get all of your priests of these two gods, of Asherah and of Baal or Baal, and let's meet on Mount Carmel and gather all the people there. I have something to say. 
And when everybody is gathered, Elijah steps forth and he says these words that I believe are words that should haunt you and me as they did back then. It's a question that comes straight from the mouth of Elijah to us today. Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? That's a great question. It's a question that we should wrestle with, that we should say, we should allow to kind of wash over us and begin to look and say, where am I wavering? Where am I hobbling? He says, you have been back and forth between this God Baal and Yahweh who brought us out of Egypt. How long will you dance between those two positions? How long will you dance? He begins to say, but if Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. This is an important principle as we begin to look towards seeding the clouds. Going after what God is calling us. If Yahweh is God, follow Him. If Baal is God, then follow Him. Look at this principle. What we are beginning to see is that following is an active verb. If Yahweh is God, then follow Him. It does not say, if Yahweh is God, then think good theology about Him. If Yahweh is God, hold to certain beliefs. Now, Do you hold to certain beliefs? Of course. But there is something that has to take us beyond that. Following is an active verb. And your following flows naturally out of your faith. You may want to write that down. Maybe something that you want to ask yourself. Your following flows naturally out of your faith. And so you may want to ask the question every day, who does my following show faith in? Does it show faith in God who loved us and gave his one and only son for us? Or is my faith being shown in something else by how much I follow media, social or otherwise, myself and how hard I work all the time and maybe overdo? Who does my following show faith in? Are you in? Are you ready? Well then, page two. The next part of the story is a pretty dramatic thing. And again, we're not going to get into this. But let me just say that God does something incredibly powerful. And the reason we're going to move over that is because sometimes we get so wrapped up in the drama of the story that we miss these little things that I want to draw our attention to today out of the scripture. God does something incredible and powerful and dramatic and the people decide which path they're going to take. And for them, it is Yahweh. And they begin to take dramatic action right away. What we need to see out of this, though, is that the people made their choice now and everything is set up. They have they have chosen which who they are going to follow. But now they still need rain. 
All of a sudden, just because they said, okay, Yahweh is our God and we're following Him, that's what the desired effect of the power and the drama, the intervention of God in that moment was all about. But now they need rain. There is more than just the decision that has to happen. We see this in verse 42. What happens? After all of this takes place, then Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Now, a lot of people will talk about, you know, the posture of prayer. And uh, I, I kind of think of this. Some people will think, well, how, do you, how does one do that? I, I think of my son who, who, like, who sits like this all the time, you know, might be the posture of prayer. You just don't know. But what is important, what we see in this moment, is that no goal is accomplished simply because you decide to go for it. Let me say that again. No goal is accomplished simply because you decide to go for it. I mean, that's common sense, right? No business, small or otherwise, is started because you think in a chair, I think I'm going to start a small business. It's what happens after the decision that determines whether a small business will rise or fall. You are not going to be have a good marriage simply because you walk down the aisle and decide to join with someone else. It's what happens after the wedding. Can I get an amen from the spouses? It's what happens after the wedding that determines whether the, wed- whether the marriage will become good. It's, you don't become a good dad or a good mom simply because you have a kid. It's what happens after the child is born. Those things, those actions, that following that begins to happen. It's like fruit that grows on a tree. The journey of maturity begins after the choice. And that's why I wanted us to jump into what happens just after the drama and power of God. And after the people decide, Yahweh is our God, the one who delivered us from Egypt. He's the one that we will follow. Something then happens for Elijah. He goes up on the mountain and he begins to pray because he knows that they still need rain, that the journey of maturity begins after the choice. The life of maturing faith begins after your choice to believe. That may be hard to hear because we are steeped in a religious culture that tells us that works righteousness is a bad thing. And it is. This is not about earning your salvation. This is about following, flowing out of your faith. That you chose to believe, but now you're called to mature in your faith. There is more of what you need. And now you're going to take action to follow after the faith decision that you made. And if you want to see that life of maturing faith, it begins after your choice to believe. And we're going to look at that. That's what seed the clouds is all about. I mean, it's just like planting a garden. I left them blank here because I thought we could have a little fun. If you want pumpkins, you plant what? Pumpkin seeds. If you want watermelon, which I love, you plant what? If you want tomatoes, you plant what? If you want cucumbers, you plant 
All right. What if you plant nothing? Wrong. You get weeds. (laughs) Same goes. If you start a new business and then do nothing, does it stay? No. If you just never say I love you to your spouse after your wedding day, does the relationship stay the same? No. So there is this worked into the way God has created the world that says that following shows your faith and that maturing faith happens after you make the decision. Let's not settle for weeds. Let's not do nothing. So if you want a growing faith, then our call is to plant today. We're going to look at a a prayer seed. And you already see the acronym coming. So take out your pens and paper. You'll want to write this down. You'll want to get a a picture of it or something along those lines. If you want a growing faith, then the call is for you to plant a prayer seed today. So I want you to see this. See, the first thing you have to do if you're going to plant a seed of prayer into your life that will cause a growing faith, then the first thing you need to do is set a schedule. You need to set a schedule. I know this, this is not rocket scientists, rocket science. This is just simple things. If you want to plant a seed of prayer, you need to set a schedule. Now make that schedule doable and repeatable. Make it doable and repeatable. Do not say, oh, I'm going to be so on fire for God. I'm going to get up at 3.30 in the morning and I'm going to pray on my knees for an hour. You might do it once. Is that repeatable? No. Now some of you just honestly thrive at 3.30 in the morning. If that's you, good. Maybe that is you. But make it doable and repeatable. Look in your schedule. Look in your calendar. When is a time that I can set aside so that I can be with God in prayer? Make it doable and repeatable. We need this. You need this. I want you, this is so important to set this schedule because you will miss 100% of the goals you do not set. That is true. But you will not start 100% of the goals you do not schedule. That's so important. You will not start 100% of the goals you do not schedule. So set a schedule to plant that seed of prayer as we go on to our next letter. That first E This is going to seem strange. It did for me when I heard this, and that is enjoy God's presence. So often we we just drive to our knees or we sit in our chair or wherever it is that we're going to pray, and we just start talking right away. And we use all kinds of flower languages, and that's wonderful. Maybe you would say the Lord's Prayer. That's okay. You know, all of those things are great. But the purpose of prayer is to enjoy God's presence. I I mean, the first time I heard this, it was one of those things where like, duh, I know that, but mind-blowing. Like to spend just some of the time in prayer enjoying God's presence. 
This isn't rocket science. This isn't strange. I love what Pastor Pete Scazzaro talks about. He says, the active life in the world for God can only properly flow from a deep inner life with God. He will talk about our being. Our doing has to flow out of our being. And so, if you want an active life in the world for God, it has to properly flow from a deep life with God. This means that we just start with five minutes. I'm going to encourage you, write this down. Just start with five minutes, and all you do when you, when you get to that moment of prayer where you've set a schedule, and now you're going to enjoy God's presence, just say, God, I just want to spend the next five minutes with you. And just be quiet. Know that that five minutes or ten minutes or however long you set is what God has longed for all the time. He gave His one and only Son for those moments to happen. To sit in His presence and just receive Love from Him. I'll never forget. It's, it's one of the most vivid memories I have. And I was probably only a toddler. This week we had friends visit. They had a two-year-old. It was fun to have that much energy in the house again. But I remember toddling out of bed into my grandmother's kitchen. The late 70s. So all those colors that were in vogue then. And she was sitting there and having coffee. And she grabbed me and put me on her lap. She told me, I don't care how big you get, Jeff, there will always be room in my lap for you. And I just remember, even talking about it, I I feel the tears come. Just the love of being held. This is what it means to enjoy being with God. That God longs to draw you up onto His lap and simply for that five or ten minutes or however long you can can be there to say there will always be a place for you here and wrap His arms around you. Start with five minutes. It's difficult. It is. Your mind is going to go to everything else and you're going to have to take a moment and just say, oh wait, I just, I just want to be with God. I don't want to rush into my schedule. I just want to be here. So it's okay that it's difficult. Be kind to yourself. Give grace to yourself as you learn to enjoy the presence of God. We've got to move on. That second E is going to sound even stranger. Employ your emotions. Employ your emotions. And I chose that word employ very Specifically, we tend to have this idea that we need to like check our emotions at the door when it comes to time with God. And this is about God. And it, it is. We're going to talk about that. But, but when we're entering in, if we're planting that seed, we're setting the schedule, and, and then we're enjoying God's presence. When we bring ourselves into God's presence, there is emotion. And we need to employ them. Our emotions tell us something. God, God made us with emotions. Do you know that? And, it, and it's a way for us to catch what's going on around us that maybe verbal communication just doesn't catch. 
And so they're great, and we can employ the emotions to bring all of who we are. Now, I I told you, I chose employ very specifically because emotions make great employees, but they are terrible bosses. They are terrible bosses. And so, when you notice that something is going on as you're enjoying God's presence... It's okay to employ, to acknowledge the emotion that is there. Even the tough ones, like anger or sorrow or grief. It's okay to employ that to bring all of who you are. I love what Pastor Pete Scazzaro uh, says here. He says, feelings are like children when, you, when you're on vacation. You can't put them in the driver's seat or stuff them in the trunk. You have to listen to them, take care of them, Protect them, and at times, boundary them. This is what it means to employ your emotions. To listen to them, to take care of them, to protect them, and at times, boundary them. How do you do that? I believe that a journal is one of the best ways that you can begin to boundary those emotions. So as you're enjoying time with God, you have your, your journal there with you. Go ahead and, and write that down. God, I'm feeling sorrow. I think it's connected to this incident that happened at home. Help me. And that's enough. You're bringing that into God's presence after you've enjoyed that time with God. The journal can be a great thing. If you find that your emotions are your boss and you just can't seem to get out of that boss relationship with your emotions, then maybe therapy is a good place to go and and begin to get those emotions working for you instead of you working for the emotions. It's important. It's good. It's a part of planting that seed of prayer. Let's move on. Lastly, D. I wanted to put a little three at the top of the D, you know, like D cubed, because there are three parts of D. (laughs) Dare to read the Bible slowly. If you want to plant a seed of prayer, you need to schedule that time. You need to set the schedule. You need to enjoy God's presence. You need to employ your emotions and then Dare to read the Bible slowly. The Bible's a huge book, and I think when we pick up, I don't know if you're like me, whenever I pick up a giant book, it's like, ooh, i got to get through this. Come on. I even learned, you know, some speed reading techniques to figure out how to turn those pages quicker. But the Bible is not meant for that. Now, if you've got a, if you're halfway, or I guess you should be near the end of a read through the scripture in one year, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. But sometimes we make the mistake of thinking the Bible is there for our information, but the Bible is there for your transformation. And so read it slowly. One of my favorite writers, uh, Tim Mackey, says the Bible is, is meditation literature. Psalms tell us, blessed is the one who meditates on it day and night. Meditate is not om, you know, sitting around quiet. It's slowly, literally in the Hebrew, it means to speak the words slowly and softly. To read. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. And to let that begin. And as you slowly do this, as you begin this pattern, You begin not to read the Bible. The Bible begins to read you. 
You begin to see what God, whom you're enjoying, is calling you to. It's important, so dare to read the Bible slowly. The next part of D is do it again. And again. And again. And again. Do you see where I'm going? This is about following. After my decision, I'm doing it again and again and again and again and again. When you have a garden, very rarely do you just plant one tomato plant. If you're like me, you want as many tomatoes as possible. You plant 12 of them, at least. This is something that you do again and again and again. We see this right here in our very passage. The servant went and looked and returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything when he was sent to look and see if rain was on the way. How many times did that servant have to run back and forth? Seven times. I don't know how long that took. I don't know the the journey. I tried looking on Google Maps, like, where's the top of Mount Carmel? You know, can you see the ocean from here? But even if you had to run just from here to the sanctuary, that's a lot of times. Especially if you haven't had a lot to drink because there's been a drought. It's a lot of running to do. But he does it again and again and again. There is something about this that happens. And I just want you to know what we're getting when we see the clouds is the fact that diligence might just make you into a disciple. Diligence might just make you into a disciple. It's something that you do again and again and again and again and again. I love what Oswald Chambers says when he talks about prayer. He says, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. So if you're thinking, man, we're spending a lot of time just on prayer This is the work. This is the beginning of the following after the decision of faith. This is what we are called to, my friends. And lastly, when it comes to D, don't despise small beginnings. We see this in verse 44. Finally, the seventh time... The servant told him, I see a little cloud, not a big cloud, a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. That's not very big like this. That's all he saw. And that was all Elijah needed. He shouted from there, go tell him to get off the mountain or he's going to get stuck in the rain because here it comes So when you sit down for the first time because you've set a schedule and you're going to enjoy God's presence and you begin to employ those emotions and you dare to read the scriptures slowly and you're doing it again and again and again and again and it just begins to see. And then all of a sudden you see one small thing where when your spouse said that or your kids said that before and now there's just a slightly different reaction. And you notice, wow, I reacted just a little bit differently. Don't despise that. That is the beginning of what could become a great downpour of God's grace into your marriage, into your life. When you seed the clouds, you can begin to see the storm. And it is good 
for you. It's what we're called to. We see this happening. And so maybe today the question for you is today the day that you decide. For many of us and many of you who are watching online, today's decision is asking the question, do I want to grow? Do I want to mature in my life with God? You may want to take just a moment to see if that is the case for you. Do you feel like it's been stagnant? Do you feel like you just don't seem to feel the things that, that, that you used to when it comes to God? Maybe it's time that you decide to plant a seed of prayer in your life. For some of us, it's the decision to start again is what you're asking. To start again, to, to begin, oh, man, I, I used to plant those seeds. Uh, let's start again. Today, you can start again, my friends. Wherever you are, set the schedule and begin to follow this process of planting the seed of prayer. Start again. For some of you, it may be to decide to start for the very first time. Maybe for you, today is the day that you finally Decide to open your life to the saving help of Jesus. And if that is, I'm going to invite you to pray with me here in just a second. But I want you to remember, as wonderful and beautiful as this is, that is to call then from the moment of faith to begin to follow. And I'm going to invite you to begin planting those seeds of prayer in your life. The future starts right here, right now, today. Are you ready? Are you ready to seed the clouds? I want us to begin right now with something. This is before we close in prayer. I want everyone to take out your day planner, your timer, your Franklin planner, if you're an old person like me. Um, I want you to take out your Google calendar. I want you to take out your phone. I want you to take out, I want you to open up so that you can look at your week or if, if that's too overwhelming, just look at tomorrow. We're going to start. We're going to set a schedule right now. Are you ready? Now, let's take a moment. I want you to, you got, you got those open? Got your calendars open. Students, you ready? You don't get off the hook here. Think about your day. Where is this going to happen for you? All right. I want you to close your eyes for a second. We're just going to take just a few moments. Just a few moments. To be in God's presence. pray. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here in the building and those who are watching online. Help them to see the time that's doable and to set that schedule now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Look, look down at your calendar now. Look at the time. Is there something that's jumping out at you? Write it down. 
It's okay if you do that a couple days and then you realize, hey, this is not doable and repeatable. Then you open your calendar again. You begin to look, where is the doable, repeatable time? Begin to plant that seed, my friends. Seed the clouds and you'll begin to see the rainfall of God's grace and strength and spirit in your lives. Would you stand with me for prayer? Oh God, who calls us to choose, we thank you for the challenge of Elijah today. And if we have been dancing between two opinions, I pray today that you would set our feet firmly on the path to follow Jesus. So if there is anyone here or online that is sensing they want to follow Jesus, pray that you would pray this prayer with me right now. Jesus, I choose you. I open my life and my heart. I confess my brokenness and my sin. And I ask you to forgive and to heal. Help me to plant a seed of prayer and teach me how to follow you. I ask this in your name. If you prayed that prayer right now, I invite you to be a part of Cross Community Church. We want you to learn how to plant those seeds. and We want to see that following grow, that maturing grow in your life. But Father, for the rest of us, Maybe there are those of us where our walk has grown grown cold. We no longer see growth and maturity. The weeds are beginning to, to creep up. And if that's us, help us to decide again today to follow you, to begin planting those seeds, to set the schedule, enjoy your presence, employ our emotions, read the Bible carefully, slowly, and to not give up to do it again and again. May we see even the smallest of beginnings and celebrate them. We pray and we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to send you out with blessing. It looks like Bob and Cindy have already gone out. Don't forget to wish them well on their marriage as they begin to do those things that lead to a good marriage. We want to bless them and pray for them. But would you receive this blessing as you go? And now, may the God who challenges you to decide and calls you to follow go with you. May you sense His presence. May you be inspired to plant seeds of prayer in your daily life. And may you begin to see even the small beginnings as great celebration. I pray this for you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. God bless you. Go in His name. Go in peace. Have a great afternoon. 
Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.